Hello and welcome to the final whistle with me, Steve Forbes. And me, Kenzie Benali. And a bit of a dismal afternoon here at St Mary's as Southampton lose 2-0 to Crystal Palace in the Premier League. A result that leaves Southampton rooted to the bottom of the table with seven games to go. Now here to discuss the match with us again, we have Dean Hammond and Adam Leach. Adam, how would you summarise that match? Uh, depressing. Um, I don't really have a better... A summary of it really uh in a word yeah i just i think it's just um that feeling of the crushing inevitability as the game goes on yeah they, they started brightly you felt positive they created chances which inevitably they didn't take uh you get to half time and you you're thinking yeah this this might be the chance has slipped away already because i think the way that saints set up the way they lined up maybe took Palace a little by surprise. They looked a little bit disorganised and, and ragged in that first half. But being a Roy Hodgson team, you felt like, well, if Saints can take advantage and then they've got something to, to really go on with, if they don't, then Palace are likely to come out in you know, much better structure, ready to, to match up Saints a lot better in the second half. And so it proved Palace did that. And unfortunately, um, Saints kind of just wilted. Uh, entirely wilted there was just felt like there was so little fight um desire positivity kind of all the things they'd started on the front foot and they'd shown in those early exchanges when they'd created those chances just disappeared and there was only ever likely to be one winner at that point and it's uh yeah unfortunately it's it feels like the the stuck record we've seen it all before um <laughs> But to see it in a, um, again in a, in, a, in a match of this magnitude where it kind of is pretty much do or die, to see them kind of going down with a whimper is just, yeah, as I said, depressing. Yeah, Dean, Saints seem to start the game with a lot of energy, but just slumped in that second period. I did, Steve, and um, I agree with what, what Adam said. Unfortunately, it's a, it's a, it's a hard day, really, um, because I think one of the hardest things to take from that and probably most of the season is there's not much between the teams really it's just those there's a couple of opportunities that maybe Southampton had in the first half with uh, Theo Walcock and, and a Rebo from a really well worked set piece really clever if Southampton score one of those it's a, it's a different game it really is and when Crystal Palace had their opportunities they took them and and that's the difference at this level unfortunately it's it's really really small and once Crystal Palace are in front, if you're a Roy Hodgson team, the structure, the discipline the players have, it's really hard to, to break them down and get back in the game. And then they're really effective on their counter-attack. It could have been more towards the end, which would have been even worse for, for Southampton, really. Um, but I agree with Adam. I think the shape confused Crystal Palace in the first half and, and caused them problems. We were looking for that direct ball over the top from the runs from Theo Walcott and almost got in on a few occasions, and it, it felt reasonably positive. And then in the second half, I don't know if the Southampton players felt anxious or they felt the pressure. They just looked a little bit leggy, um, a little bit low on, on energy, unfortunately, and Crystal Palace just came out on top because they were more clinical, and it's that's the difference, really. So that I think that's the frustration, that disappointment, because there's not much in it. Southampton are not getting blown away. They're not getting completely outclassed. There's moments in the game where it gives you hope and it gives you belief, but then ultimately it's the same result and the same outcome. So that's 
that's why I think it feels hard and it feels a little bit low. Um, but you have to go again. Um, you, you have to. But unfortunately today, they just didn't have enough to, to get anything from the game. Well, before we get into more detail on the game, here's how it panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Solon. It really is a must-win game. Surely Saints have to win at least three of their four remaining home games. And Suleimana, because we play the way we do. Now that's chipped over the top and the flag stayed down and Elise stays through. And he's gone round Bazunu. He's put the ball in it, then the flag goes up. He looked offside. I suspect it will be confirmed by VAR. I certainly hope it will be. Here's Jordan Ayew, support from Mitchell. He's going on the outside, though. Crosses it to the six-yard box. Parried by Bazunu and tapped home by Eze. No flags. Saints are behind at home again. Decore's gone past Alcaraz very easily, and then Eze's turned away from Jenepo, and he'll shoot. It's deflected 2-0. Eze has two. Roy Hodgson and Ray Lewington pumped both fists in the air. They know Palace are edging closer to Premier League safety now. Jenepo gets a good ball from Walker-Peters, drifts in field, 25 yards out, finds Alcaraz. Could help it on, could shoot, hits the post! That's so unlucky from Charlie Alcaraz. That would have given the Saints fans some hope. 25 yards out, central, trying to carve something, Saints, but how are they going to get behind those black shirts? Now back to Bella Kochab, he decides he's had enough and he just launches a shot. And it's a stinger that's parried away by Johnston and stays in on this left wing. Still the two subs wait. Elise drifts inside Bella Kotschak. That's the easiest yellow card of the afternoon. So 08,000-321-333 on WhatsApp, putting Solid as the first word as Elise curls it off the outside of the post and a goal kick to Saints. Palace now showing the tricks out on that far side. Lovely skill from Eze again, who's enjoyed himself today. Mitchell, and then Michael Oliver says that'll do. He puts Southampton out of their misery. Six without a win for Southampton in the Premier League. Adam, both you and Dean mentioned that the way Saints set up in the first half seemed to take Crystal Palace by surprise. What did you make of that shape in the first half and indeed the few chances that were created? Well, I, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, it was we asked before the game for a positive, uh, a positive lineup, a positive mindset, positive uh, way of of playing, uh, and I think that's what Saints came out with as well. I mean, Celes, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it sort of looked like it was going to be four two 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 at times. It was, it really was four two four. I mean, they were. Uh, and, and they were also, as Dean mentioned earlier, not afraid to be direct at the right moments as well. And, and I think Palace just weren't ready for Saints playing like that. They obviously just were not prepared for it because Palace didn't didn't look particularly leggy or uh, like they checked out because they'd won a couple of games. They were just struggling to deal with Saints, frankly, and, and what was put, put in front of them. Um but again, it's uh, you know Saints. Saints are not a team who who regularly don't create chances in matches. They do. They just they're just not clinical enough. I mean, the brilliantly worked uh, corner that led to that Aribo chance. You you've got to be scoring. You can't be. But you've got to, with a minimum. You've got to hit the target. But you really should be scoring. I mean, Walcott. Yeah, tightish angle. But you should be hitting the target again couple of other chances in there. Alcaraz, you know, perhaps could have done a little bit better with a couple. They've got, they've got chances there. They're creating chances uh, and just not taking them. And when you don't take them, you kind of know what's going to happen. Saints are not a good enough team that you expect them to get through matches uh, without 
um, without conceding chances themselves. And other teams are not like Saints. They're clinical. They punish them. And that's the problem. Saints in that first half, they had the half that they needed to probably win that match. You just go in 2-0 up and it's uh, the second half is a totally different affair to what we saw. But when you don't take those chances, you, you're just opening the door at this level because you, you're 90% sure Palace are not going to come out and give you what you know, that space, that time, those opportunities they had in the first half and just again that lack of a, a clinical uh, edge to saints and maybe let's be completely honest the lack of really a proper striker on the pitch again um just cost them again it's just so frustrating well palace did take their chances in the second half eberici as a break in the deadlock can you talk us through his first goal team well, it came when there was really, again, not a lot in the game. Um, it was pretty even, um, but it, as they started it and, and finished it, really, um, it was a good switch of play from him. Goes out to Jordan I, who's in a one-on-one -on -one situation, gets on the outside, kind of flashes a shot come cross across the box. And then Eze's the, the first to react um, and he side puts it into the goal. And if you look at it and break it down like you do, um, Eze runs off Lavia. Lavia doesn't stay with his runner, um, kind of gets in behind him and then has to react too late. Um, Maitland-Niles is in a one-on-one -on -one situation. Can Theo Walcott get out there and help him out and double up and, and force him backwards um, and make him play square or backwards? That doesn't happen. And it's just that small detail again. We talk, we've talked about it many times during the season. It's sensing the danger, expecting something to happen, expecting that Bazunu makes a save and where's the ball going to bounce? Where can I defend? Where can I protect the goal? Have a quick look if I'm a midfielder. Where are my midfield players? Are they going to make a run into the box? Those little small things. But if if one, two, three or four players are not doing it, there's a chance that you're going to concede a goal. And, and that's what happened. But... I have to say Eze was different class in that second half. He was fantastic. I mean, what a player that he is and what he's going to grow into. The, the 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 switch of play for that goal, the calmness in his finish. I mean, we'll probably talk about his second goal, exceptional finish, and his all-round play where in the second half was was brilliant. But that's no excuse. I think that goal could have been nullified. It didn't have to happen, but it's a small detail, Steve, that at this level counts so much and for Southampton really it's both boxes we're not scoring in the opposition box and we're probably not defending well enough in, a, in our own box and that's what's costing us and why we haven't got enough points why we haven't kept enough clean sheets and why we haven't scored enough goals this season well Adam let's talk about Eze's second goal now was that just a case of giving him too much space and time uh, yeah, a combination of that and then a top quality player producing a terrific finish I mean yes definitely you, you look, the ball comes into him. Gineppo, he's not close enough to him to start with and makes a very kind of half-hearted attempt to kind of close him down. It's neither a challenge. It's neither bringing him down to stop him taking the shot. It's kind of just far too easy for him to shrug off. Lavia then is is just a pace too far away to get across to him. Um, and then, then he's got the time to line up the shot. And yeah, I mean, it, you have to say, in fairness, it's a absolutely fantastic strike it's a absolutely brilliant strike um uh, yeah and Bazunu really no chance on that one it's a it's a tr tremendous finish but again it's a, it's the picture that Dean's painting there it's just the little things it's the little margins you know Gineppo you've got to be you've got to be doing better than that you can't allow players of this quality to to just 
you know turn turn you like that and just give them the time for that you've got to do something about it you've got to be proactive about it even if that means giving away the foul and taking your chances with the free kick you've got to do something you can't just let them do that uh you know look at the other end saints are not being afforded that kind of room and time and space regularly and that's there's a good reason for that it's because that's not how you defend um but it's these it's these little things it's these little mistakes you make enough of them uh at this level then you will get punished often and that is just what happens with saints week in week out Dean, we're speaking about mistakes that are being made, but were there tactical issues today or was it just a case of goals changing games and then heads dropping? Probably a combination of, of, of them all, Steve. And um, I don't think the players' heads dropped. I think what happened, um, I think they showed the youth of the team today, the inexperience of the team, especially in that second half when you're losing a game and you're trying to find a solution to get back into the game, to to try and find a goal from somewhere where you haven't been scoring. It's really, really difficult. That's where the experienced players come in because when you're an experienced player, you may be, people talk about taking the, the game by the scruff of the net. You maybe do something different. You maybe try something different. You maybe take a bit of a risk, take a bit of a gamble. And, and that didn't really happen today. Tactically, Adam spoke about it first half. It was really good. You know, we caught Crystal Palace by surprise and created opportunities. And you look at it, we've had the, the Joe Rebo chance from a really well-worked set-piece. We've had the Theo Walcott chance. Um, Alcaraz has hit the post. Two minutes later, Alcaraz has a volley at the back post where he could do better. Bella Koch has a strike from distance where Johnson makes a really, really good save. So there's four or five chances there, and we haven't been able to convert one. So I don't think the tactics were completely wrong. I thought they were very good in the first half. I think the players just, as soon as that goal went in, and it's... I'm not making excuses, but I've been there myself. It's understandable when you're a young player, you maybe lose that little bit of hope and that little bit of belief that you're going to get back in the game because we talked before the game how important it was to win today. And when was the last time, I forget that, we scored three against Tottenham, but Southampton not scored twice many times this season. So when you're 1-0 down and you know you've got to score two goals, it's difficult. It can affect you. It really, really can. And then when it goes 2-0... The game slows down. You maybe be a little bit more conservative with your pass. You don't go for that um, extra pass. You don't go for that shot. You don't go for the cross. Not intentionally, unconsciously, really, because you try to play a little bit safe and it needed to be the opposite. That's when you take a risk. That's when you might take someone on. Um, but it's difficult when you're such a young team, which Southampton are. Um, again, that's not an excuse. So tactically, good in the first half. Second half, Crystal Palace got it right. Southampton just found it very, very difficult to, to react. Well, Dean just referenced it again there. I mean, we all knew the importance of this game ahead of kickoff. I mean, with Everton's defeat at home to Fulham today, Adam, that gap to safety hasn't got any bigger. But with that in mind, how do you assess Southampton's increasingly precarious position in the Premier League table? Uh, it's, as we keep saying, it's the hope that kills you, uh, really. And the fact that, I mean... 23 points after 31 games. They should be dead and buried. There should be no way back from where they are now. Or you would be looking at saying, OK, you've probably got to win you know, nearly all of your remaining seven games. The way this season's panned out, that's probably not actually the case. Um, it is only four points, only four points. The problem is, where are Saints even going to get those four, well, five, by the time you take the goal difference, probably? five points from us two probably picking up two extra wins on Everton for example before 
you even then account for Everton getting any more points this season. But it is still so tight. I think the problem that Saints have got when you look at the table, so I've sort of been playing a little game, you know, myself since 20, 20, probably about 25 matches into the season. Looking at it, thinking, you know, every week, like who are the teams realistically, when you're looking for the ones that Saints may be able to finish above, like the points they've got now, the fixtures they've got coming, and that that cabal of teams, which was quite vast, even probably six weeks ago, has sh- slowly but surely shrunk and shrunk and shrunk and shrunk and shrunk. And now I think the reality is with the fixtures they've got left, uh, with the form they're on, uh, and with the fixtures the other teams have, where there were a lot of other teams down there who have all got to play each other, uh, so, and they're not all clearly can't all lose all of those games. Um, it's it becomes very very challenging for them, and now probably you would have to say the three teams immediately above them, probably the only three teams that they could finish above now. Um, so that's a very slim margin because they're already behind the eight ball with the two teams that are on twenty seven points, got four points more than them to make up those points. So to then you're just hoping that both of those teams basically completely tank. Uh, and that you get those points. And um, unfortunately, you have to just be brutally honest at this point in time. If you can't, in the situation they're in, win a game like today, how can you make a case that they're going to get enough points to finish above uh, three other teams? It's it's brutal to have to say it, and it's quite um, painful to have to say it, to be honest, but uh, it's, it's almost impossible to find any hope beyond simply continually saying, well, it's still only four points. Well, let's hear from the manager now. Here's what Ruben Sellers had to say after the match. Well, we came here with the idea to get the three points, to put a good performance, with uh, to be aggressive in possession against the ball. I think uh, we show what we want to do. The players show character in the first half. We have our situations to, to go for the game. And then we didn't match the tempo in the beginning of the second half. And then, uh, unfortunately, we, we conceded that goal and we start to be a little bit uh, down. And when we try to challenge the game, we conceded the second one. Yeah, you talk about the first half, you created some really good opportunities in the early stages as well, didn't you? I know it's, it's obvious to say, but it would have been a different game if you could have got one of those. Can it kind of, I guess, been the story of the season a little bit in a way? Yeah, yeah, we know we cannot make uh, we cannot make excuses from that. So we have the situations, and the, we don't score the situations. What we need to do is to protect our goal as a team. Uh, for us to to be together with the players and not together, just uh, keep that clean sheet. Uh, but we didn't. So yeah, the game can go one way or the other. But we need to be sure that uh, if we cannot uh, score, we don't concede. Subject of needing points, Dean. There's not really any fixture you want to see less than Arsenal away next at the Emirates on Friday night. How do you assess that one? Well, a, a tough game, Stephen. But there's always, if you look at the history of, of the Premier League, there's always twists at either end of the table, whether it's the relegation battle or whether it's teams fighting for the title. Now, Arsenal were a fantastic team and you'd expect them to to blow Southampton away and expect them to win really, really comfortable. But we know football doesn't work like that. And Southampton have actually shown against the the bigger teams, they probably perform better. Um, and that we've got to hold on to to that hope that that will be the case as well. When you go to the when you go to the Emirates, you've got to stay in the game. You really have as long as you possibly can. And I know we haven't been, but you have to be ruthless if you do get opportunities because there isn't going to be that many. 
What you will get is the fact that Arsenal will open up and there will be spaces on the counter-attack. So that may help. But it's going to take a huge effort from all the players. And they're probably you're going to have to have 11 players playing at their maximum, at their absolute best to, to get anything out of this. But I agree with Adam. It seems impossible, but it is possible. It can happen. We've seen crazy results. And there's seven games of the season left. This is the next one. Prepare well during the week and just hold on to onto that hope. And there's a chance and you just have to hold on to it, Steve. But the biggest test, really, because they're the best team in the league this season. They've been fantastic. They've got some brilliant players. But let's hope these younger Southampton players can raise their game and play at their best and, and get a result. Yes, indeed. Uh, well, Adam, let's come to you for your thoughts then. What? Uh, how are you feeling ahead of that game against Arsenal? Uh, well, not confident. Um, <laughs> I think it's fair to say. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's such a difficult game for them. I, I mean, I'm with Dean. You look at how they've done this season. They, they generally have put up better performances. Uh, uh, well, what I'd say is they're a young team. And one of the things about being a young team is that sometimes young teams, young players who are not used to playing under the intense pressure that comes in the Premier League, they they kind of buckle under the pressure. And that's why you want experienced players in there, because they can kind of bring them along with them. They know how to handle those moments because they've been there, they've seen it, they've done it and they've experienced it. Um, and so Saints have buckled in the pressure games. The pressure games for Saints are playing the teams around them. And they've played a lot of teams that are around them recently, and they've pretty much lost all of them. Uh, it's Going to Arsenal, there is no pressure on them at all. Everybody expects one result, and that's for them to get absolutely thumped. But don't forget, there's one thing you would say, the pressure on Arsenal is ratcheting up massively they've got to play man city i think after they play saints uh it's this is this is do or die for their title ambitions now they they can't afford a slip up they know that chances are they probably will get through that game but don't underestimate the amount of pressure that is on arsenal in that match and and there is no pressure really on saints because everybody expects them to get beaten maybe just maybe there is a small glimmer because of that uh, in that match. But the reality of where Saints have got to now is that they're going to need to get some unlikely results to stay up. Probably just winning the games that you think they will were probably not going to be enough now. So they're probably going to need to do something that you wouldn't expect. Um, I, I can't logically make any argument for them getting anything at Arsenal, let alone winning. But as Dean said, it is a funny game. And with Arsenal under the amount of pressure they're under, you just need perhaps to to play a determined game where you, you kind of really keep it tight, where they start to get a little bit nervy. Maybe you get a little bit of luck along the line. They miss a few chances that they normally take and suddenly the pressure's on them. And maybe, just maybe, they, they wilt a little. But I, you you really probably couldn't handpick a worse game to have. And next weekend as well... Uh, just the double whammy on Saints is that obviously they play Friday. And when you look at the fixtures next weekend, you've got a lot of those teams that are in that area immediately above Saints playing each other. So, yeah, I mean, you, you really want to try and get something if you can next weekend, because otherwise you fear that it's the table is going to make pretty grim reading after next weekend if you can't. 
Adam Dean, so great to have you with us on the show as always. Thanks for your company and thank you for watching. Do make sure you join us as we build up to that match at the Emirates to take on Arsenal. It's an 8pm kickoff, so we'll be live from 6.45. We'll see you then. Bye for now.